Hello and welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. It's the NTT20 betting show, sponsored by Betfair. I'm Ali Maxwell, he's George Ellick. We're going to be making picks ahead of the championship weekend. There's also one game in League One this weekend. And of course, the FA Cup second round proper, which if I had to rank, would be not in my top three of the FA Cup rounds, which are probably third round, first round and final. Because I'm a traditionalist. <laughs> it's a bit Premier League of you, that. No, nope, don't accuse me of that. It feels like you've gone for third round there because suddenly the big boys arrive. Well, what's wrong with <laughs> Sutton versus Horsham? I like seeing Marine play Tottenham Hotspur. And get to be 8 0. Not, not a single EFL side in that game you just mentioned. It's changed the whole future of Marine, regardless of the result. They built a whole new bar. Can and now you, way more people go and watch you Marine. I argue that every scary. action in life changes the course of life forever. The butterfly effect. Mm. Could be. We're talking about betting. It comes with significant risks. So make sure that you understand the risks that come with gambling. Make sure that you are gamble aware. Head to begambleaware.org. George, last week you flapped your little butterfly wing. You picked against your team. You picked Cheltenham to win to nil at 13 to 2, and they won 2 0. How did that feel? Bad. <laughs> did it actually? Yes. Yeah, there was a weird moment with kind of like at 2 0 down with 50 minutes ago, I still want us to score for sure. <laughs> And then with like two minutes left, I was like, well, I could probably do that's not scoring now, which is a weird position to be in. Yeah, I didn't like it very much. I don't recommend it to anyone. I hope those at home who backed it um, enjoyed it, though. Well, you had a 10 to 1 winner three weeks ago. You had a 13 to 2 winner last week. Uh, everything else was not so good. The nap, the next best, the goal scorer, but still in profit to the tune of 2.5 points on the week. And I was minus. 2.8, which was annoying. Uh, Wrexham minus one was good. The next best, a 6-0 triumph. But my goal scorer, Dale Taylor, was hooked at half time. The long shot was poor. Uh, the week really hinged on Southampton seeing out what was a half time 1-0 lead against Huddersfield. And instead, Ben Jackson cut inside and curled him across to scupper the nap. Made you cross. Yeah, you can say that again. Uh, and on the old <laughs> over 4.5 double, I mean, your game was 3-0. So more than halfway there, but not quite. Mine was 0-0, which is not the dream for an over 4.5 double, so apologies for that. I think we're both fairly championship heavy for our picks this week, but George, what's the best bet of the weekend? It's a double, double nap. nap. It is West Brom, draw no better, even money against Leicester. Now, yeah, I mean, a few weeks ago, this didn't seem like a particularly likely double nap, but their recent form has really set them apart, I would say, from possibly the rest of the league, for the most part, in terms of their current performance level. I think you'd be hard hard pressed to find a performance more well-rounded, more dominant than their victory over Ipswich, where they beat them two 0 where they went ahead early, and Ipswich, who scores so many goals and are such a good attacking side, couldn't really find a way to break them down or to to play through them. And that has been the case for West Brom for much of this run. And doing this pod, we know there's a kind of some people listen to both this and the Monday show, and some people listen to just one or the other. So you never know how much. To go through it, but a lot of what we've spoken about about West Brom on the Monday show is their incredible shape out of possession, their incredible ability to see games out and how solid they are defensively, even from a winning position. That's not that common. You only have to look at Leicester, for example, in midweek, who were one up against Sheffield Wednesday, the, t- the side bottom of the championship. And Sheffield Wednesday were able to turn the screw as the game went on and eventually scored a, an injury time equaliser through Jeff Hendrick. Like that is normally... When you are ahead, that's when you're at your most vulnerable because even though you may still 
be trying to score a second goal to go further ahead at the same time you are aware that you're sitting on the points. Um, with baggies, that just doesn't seem to be the case at all. They're conceding a ridiculous, ridiculously few shots per game. The XG against per 90 is you know, as low as we really see at this level. And they're coming up against a side in Leicester who, for all of their joy this season, in my mind, have had so many games where they've been fairly stunted as an attacking force. Like They are another team whose, I'd say, defensive solidity is in the main their key strength to why they've got so many points rather than their glut of attacking players, rather than the, the style of football that they play. And, you know, they've only won one of their last four games. That was a 2-0 win over Watford, where, again, in the first half, they were pretty poor again. I also think there's a stylistic thing here which really plays into West Brom's favour. I think the reason why Leicester have some joy is because a lot of sides can't really deal with the way that they play for 90 minutes. I think West Brom will be probably the best or the most adept on paper in terms of having to just deal with that and to allow Leicester as much board as they want in certain areas. But then I kind of do wet baggies a bit of a... I'm not giving them enough credit as I should do because against Southampton in the game where they were beaten 2-1, where they were very good, they took the game to Southampton. Like they didn't let Southampton have the ball. So More they, passes in the final third that game than Southampton. At crazy. Southampton. You know, and you and I saw Saints last night playing against Bristol City and just have all the ball for 90 minutes. So... You know, Carlos Corbran showing there are plenty of ways to skin a cat, and even though they lost that game, I wouldn't have as a negative. So, you know, nil-nil feels like a big runner here. One-all feels like a big runner here. So, it's nineteen to ten about a West Brom win, or even money about the draw no bet. I think it, you have. This is one of those we have to really take the the insurance out. Mm. Maybe Leicester not quite as good as the market has them. Maybe West Brom hasn't quite caught up to a side who are right now I would say are up there with the best in the in the league. I'd say in life, it's almost always the right thing to do to take insurance out. Weirdly, you and I had a conversation about three weeks ago about about taking out insurance, and you and I asked you'd done it, and you shook your head and said, "No, I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, business insurance. No, mainly. no, that wasn't business insurance. That was life insurance. Low life. Oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry about that. I'm working on a few things. Okay. I'm not sure that'll ever be necessary. <laughs> um, certainly not if West Brom win this one. Uh, it's the double nap. It's DNB. It's even money. West Brom. Uh, I picked Leeds to beat Leicester a couple of weeks ago on this very show, and spoke about. the kind of clarity of game plan that I expected Leeds to have and how effective I thought it would be and the fact that I I felt that they are a rare thing in the championship Leeds this is who were both happy defending and very solid in their shape but also uh, having soaked up pressure have a real threat on the break now West Brom even better defensively than Leeds, I would say. They're nine clean sheets, uh, the best in the league. My favourite stat at the moment in the Championship is that there hasn't been a single league game this season where West Brom have faced more than four shots on target. Now, if you're thinking, I don't know how many shots on target is a lot or not a lot to face, uh, that is pretty absurd. And for reference, Leeds and Leicester, who have the next best defensive records, have faced uh, five or more shots on target, in Leeds' case, three times, in Leicester's case, five times this season, no times for West Brom. So they really are immaculate defensively, and, and they will need to be because Leicester, of course, have a lot of quality. But I don't think they've been in particularly good form recently. Uh, you mentioned one win in their last four. I think even if you stretch it to their last six, I'm not sure how many of those last six games Leicester have played at the level that you would expect someone, or a team rather, with their points return. Uh, the one they win against Sunderland was certainly not comfortable. The 2-1 win at QPR was a Harry Winks screamer uh, quite late on to win it. That was not comfortable. That defeat to Leeds, simply second best. Defeat to Borough, pretty even game, settled by a great free kick. And the 2-0 Watford, yeah, took a while, as you've suggested. Wednesday night, pretty poor against Sheffield Wednesday and deservedly conceding a late, late equaliser. So, yeah, I think we've got an idea of, of what the game plan will be and that West Brom have the tools to execute it. I don't think they are as good in transition 
as leads and that's why I yeah we're both adding the insurance of the draw no bet rather than just a straight up win they, they have been very strong from set pieces recently so exciting this one's live on the box it's at 12 30 on Saturday it's a double nap as someone who was recently on football cliches podcast can you iron out for me when does an equaliser go from being a late equaliser to a late late equaliser oh interesting I, I'd say late equaliser 75 to 80 Nine. Okay. And late, late equaliser. If it's ticked over into injury time, it's late, late. I'd say so. Can you get late, late, late? No, don't be silly. Okay. Maybe the beginning of the season when there was all that injury time. Interesting segue to remind the listeners about uh, Betfair's 90-minute payout offer because <laughs> uh, was Sheffield Wednesday's equaliser in injury time? wasn't scripted. Ooh, you're testing me there. Because if it had been, uh, then if you'd backed Leicester on the match odds 90 market, you'd have still been paid out as a winner with Betfair. Now, these are markets with the 90 icon and it, very simply means that if the team you bet on is winning when the clock hits 90, it'll be a winner no matter what happens in added time. It was. 93rd. There you go. 93rd. So, Betfair paying out late, on the Leicester that. win in the match odds 90 market and the draw as well. Vestergaard went close in the 96th minute for a late, late, late one. That would have been fun. Uh, you can build Ackers with the match odds 90 market as well. Uh, make sure that you read the T's and C's to understand what the offer is at Betfair's match odds 90 market. Uh, next best. Plymouth Argyle. Uh, are at home and they play Stoke City and I think they might really ramp up the pressure on Alex Neal because Stoke are currently in a real rut um, and looking at the prices at the moment Stoke are 6-4 to favourites to win this game with, with Argyle 7-4 to and I can't really make sense of that now I know and we've known for a long time that Argyle are the opposite of the data darlings they're the data duds should we say the data devils yeah where um you know, they concede a lot of shots. You look at their win over Sunderland, where they went, they scored one amazing goal from Whitaker and then a good finish from Azaz, and Sunderland racked up the shots. According to the numbers, they were fortunate to win. We went to the uh, Borough game, which they drew three all, where again, you know, the, the, the numbers certainly went Borough's favour. Um, you know, pretty consistently in these games, they are um, coming off second best according to the numbers. But at the same time, you know, you have to look at their record at home this season, where they've scored loads of goals they've won lots of points at home there was a weird little wobble earlier on in the campaign where they lost back-to-back games against Swansea and Millwall but if you take that out the only game they haven't won at home was against Southampton um, and they've won five others they beat Blackburn 3-0 they beat Sunderland 2-0 they beat Norwich 6-2 they beat Huddersfield 3-1 they beat Sheffield Wednesday 3-0 that was my nap that Southampton game early (laughs) on in the season everything I wanted to happen happened apart from them sticking it in the onion bag but it's interesting to note that of their five wins at home this season, they've covered the minus one handicap in all of them. So there can't be that much luck as to what is going on. If that, if that you know, that feels like a, a pretty sustainable plan in terms of how to pick up points. Stoke come here off the back of a humbling 4-2 defeat. They were down to 10 men uh, at QPR, who are, as we know, not a team that, that often win. Um I mean, they were 2-1 up fairly late in the game and conceded three goals late on. It was another pretty poor performance. QPR, the better side, 11 v 11. Ender Stevens then got sent off early in the second half. And even though uh, Berger put them 2-1 up, um, QPR were fully deserving of their, of their 4-2 win. And Stoke's away record this season is in itself n- not very good. They've only won two games on the road so far this season. They came against Borough and Bristol City. They've lost loads of them. They've lost four of those games to nil. Like they're, you know, It feels to me that Alex Neal has to you know, be under some pressure in terms of to get results here because um, this is another season where Stoke are massively underperforming where, where they should be and where we expect them to be despite a fair financial outlay in the summer. So 
yeah, I, I can't really work out why Stoke would be fabs for this one. Um, I think if, if Argyle put in the kind of performances that we used to, I think the return of Michael Cooper has been a big reason as to why Argyle's recent form has, has, has improved. They are, I'm sure, fully aware of how important it is for them to, to make sure they get their points at home park in order for, for them to stay up. Um, we know that they'll take the game to Stoke. We know that even if they do come away uh, without having taken the points, they create chances in every game. So, yeah, I, I'm very much of the opinion that Argyle are the likely winners here, so therefore I have to bat them at 15-8. to eight. Uh, 7-4, to four, not 15-8, to 7-4. to four. Sorry. Very honest of you. QPR, draw no bet. 31 to 20, 2.55 with the Betfair Sportsbook. I'm committing what some consider the cardinal sin, where our nap is the early game on a Saturday and my next best is the Friday night game. Uh, but at least I can watch them both on the box. Back what you want at whatever time of day, if you think it's good value. Marti Cifuentes has been good value as QPR manager so far. And they got that win against Stoke on Wednesday night. They did have... Ender Stevens to thank for two yellow cards. Um, they, as George mentioned, came back from behind to win 4-2. And it feels like Mr. Cifuentes is getting a ton of buy-in from the fans who celebrated a home win for the first time in a long time and are clearly enjoying having made the change from Ainsworth style of play to Cifuentes and what he's trying to implement. Uh, and there's always this thing about when you change from a manager that plays really direct to possession-based or the other way around, particularly in the middle of the season, the assumption is it will be really hard to do. Oh, it's going to be, that's going to take time. You remember when company took over Burnley and everyone went, wow, trying to change from a dice style of play is going to take time. I don't think it has to. I think footballers are more intelligent than people give them credit for. I think broadly a footballer in the championship's technical level is probably higher than people give them credit for. And a good coach who knows exactly what they're doing and knows how to coach because they've been doing it for their whole life, as is the case almost for Marti Cifuentes, didn't start straight out the, out the womb, but not far off, is, um, is that they can get those messages across and they can implement a style of play pretty quickly. So I don't want to go overboard. Uh, it's... It's impressive. I like what I see him. They, they, they've definitely tightened up for sure. Uh, they've conceded three in their three games under Cifuentes. They are restricting teams much better. You know, the goals they've conceded, they haven't been shambolic, embarrassing defending like we've seen um, earlier on in the season. It was a really good ball over the top against Norwich from Sara onto Huang, who made a, a well-timed run. Um, it was a set-piece goal from Maie after a, after an initial ricochet. Maie who? Maie. Maie who? Ha ha. <laughs> and it was a burger long shot. Uh, the, the third goal they conceded. So, um, better at the back, tightening up, I would say, uh, warming up a bit going forward, possibly. The, the jury's still out. They did score four, obviously, in midweek, but that was, well, three of them, rather, against 10 men. But Dykes scored a brilliant goal and a pen. Hopefully, he might come into a bit more confidence. Willock scored towards the end. If he can get a bit of confidence and, and return to any level similar to what we saw from him two or three years ago, that would be a huge boon for them. Ilias Chair is clearly enjoying his time under Cifuentes. This is also massively about Preston, who have been desperate recently. And it's their early season form that is completely uh, obscuring the fact that they are a very poor football team right now because they're still eighth in the table. Uh, in the last 10 games, it's a two-win, two-draw, six defeats record. So only eight points in 10 games. The strong defensive record from early in the season has, has vanished. Uh, and the attacking numbers are horrendous in the last two months. The second, uh, well, the worst attack in terms of non-penalty XG uh, and the second worst overall numbers uh, underlying XG ratio in the league uh, in the last, what, two months or so. So this might be eighth hosting 22nd. But the way that I think of these two teams right now, I don't think there's nearly as big a gap 
uh, between the two sides in terms of their current performance level. So yeah, we take the draw out, we take the insurance out, as we always do, and we get the QPR win at uh, 2.55, 30 with the Betfair Sports Book. Can I jump in? Mm. It's my long shot. No way. My long shot is QPR the minus... The chair long shot. Let's yes, hope so. yes. Uh, my uh, long shot is QPR minus one at 15 to two. Wow. Um, yeah, for, for all the reasons that you mentioned, I think you can kind of take a chance on QPR being a much better side now. It's also just because Preston come here off the back of uh, losing 4-0. If you look at Preston's uh, six defeats this season, um, the opposition, the team beating them has covered the minus one in four of them. So there's kind of some uh, reasoning here to think that when Preston go down, they don't really go down fighting. Um, QPR off the back of scoring four goals themselves will fancy it, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I think QPR like a bit of value for this. And I think there's there's at least some kind of stats-based evidence to, to think that if they do win it, it might be. Especially when you think of the what a win will do here in, post, in terms of both prolonging the malaise of, Q, of Preston and spiking QPR. There's maybe some thought to think that the margin of victory might even be beyond what we, what we kind of expected to do. I, t- I tell you what. If you had told me, right, two months ago, that we'd both be in a slightly different way back in Queen's Park Rangers to win a championship football match. The Super Hoops. I'd have called you crazy, man. But that's the Thifuentes effect. Yeah. The circumstances surrounding Thifuentes are such that they've led us to water and we are drinking. Uh, I'll do my long shot then, and then we'll do goal scorers uh, flipping the order. So apologies for anyone who really likes... Orders. (laughs) Who really likes consistent orders. And I think there are a few of you out there. Uh, Let's try again with the long shot. I still haven't landed one yet, but I'm going to stick with uh, the win and BTTS double, which I tried last week. Um, This one's at... 22.5, 22.5, so 21.5 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, it's Sheffield Wednesday to beat Blackburn and BTTS to land. I want to be pro Wednesday, uh, similar to, to what I said about QPR and Thifuentes. I'm, I'm really buying into the Danny Rural effect. Uh, the results have not, to my eyes, reflected the uptick in performances, the clear um, quality of coaching and game plans. Uh, there's a bit of a hangover in terms of confidence, and particularly in, in both boxes, Sheffield Wednesday have... have They've basically let their manager down to a certain extent, as I see it, because I think he's doing a really good job. But then, Wednesday night, Leicester played brilliantly again, went behind again, but this time they got the equaliser right at the end, Jeff Hendrick, and it was so deserved. And I just think, from what I saw with the, the celebrations at the end, Rurl's connection with the fans already... I think this is going to be the best atmosphere of the season at Hillsborough, uh, and I think it could be difficult for Blackburn, you know, to travel away after a, uh, at the end of a three-game week. Rovers are one of the best attacking teams in the league. Uh, they've obviously been on a good run uh, recently, and that's partly because they've they've actually got a touch better defensively, but they've maintained a, a decent goal threat. Um, but I don't think they're the sort of the real deal defensively by any means. We got Windass coming back from suspension. He's very much due a goal, one of the highest uh, XG uh, numbers in the league without scoring yet this season. Uh, Masaba is likely to start. He's one of my favourite chaos merchants. And I, I just think that the football fortune pendulum might swing the way of, of Wednesday in a ding-dong battle at Hillsborough. Um, four to one, that one. And then Sunderland and BTTS at Millwall. I tried Sunderland and BTTS in this very pick last week at, at Argyle, they lost 2-0, but they had so many chances. I'm detecting some pretty decent Sunderland fan fume after home defeat to Huddersfield in midweek, uh, followed defeat at Argyle last weekend uh, on the NTT20 squad. It was said that if you're Sunderland manager, you can't lose back-to-back games in the second tier against two teams towards the bottom of the league and not come under pressure. You just can't. And I understand it. 
I think we, you know, broadly a neutral fan will say, chill out, Mowbray's a good thing, you know, don't have too high expectations. It's probably not fair on him and a young team, but I understand those expectations. Um, there's the usual focus on uh, Mowbray's mistakes as the fans perceive them, uh, team selection stuff like playing Jensen Seals at right back. Subs are coming in for a lot of flack at the moment, not getting the sort of output that, he, that the fans want from their substitutions. All sort of normal stuff after a poor run, and, and I understand it, but I'm here to say that they are fine. They are absolutely fine, Sunderland. Um, they're a bit young, and maybe some of the things that we're seeing are correlated with being quite a young team, quite an inexperienced team at the level. Some of the young strikers in particular seem to be struggling a lot, but we like the numbers. It's always it's actually caused some problems with Sunderland in the past on the other side when we said they weren't very good and they were doing quite well in the league. Uh, this is the opposite. You're good lads. I, I think they're doing the things that you meant to do to win football matches, right? So in the last six games, so over the last month, they have the best XG ratio in the league. They're taking twice as many shots as their opposition. I think things are coming. I don't think they're as bad as it as it feels right now. So uh, Millwall, who are trying to play a bit more like a Sunderland, a bit more like a Coventry and Ipswich, trying to open up a little bit. It's been pretty disastrous so far against teams who are, who are good on that front. Uh, they've lost to Coventry and Ipswich heavily in the last two games. They've lost six of nine at home this season. So Sunderland to win at Millwall and BTTS and Sheffield Wednesday to beat Blackburn and BTTS. That's a long shot at 22.5 with this Betfair sports book goal scorer. My goal scorer is George Byers. Nine to two he is to score for Sheffield Wednesday, who host Blackburn. Um, Blackburn, just a side who, I mean, I absolutely love watching them play, and I think they have a, a pretty good chance of of winning here. And I wouldn't be backing against them to do so, but we know that consistently in, in games, just what? pick Wednesday and BTTS. I know, it? so yeah. that's why I was saying that. I didn't want you to freak out. Wow. Um, I uh, yeah, I think I think they are. Well, I know they're a side who concede a lot of chances. And even if you look in the midweek game against Birmingham that they won 4-2, I think Birmingham had 20, 26 shots in the game. Mm. Um, so they're very, very open. And they're, and obviously Wednesday's performance in the one-all draw against Leicester um, was their best performance so far this season. They got a much-deserved point. They um, created loads of chances, uh, or as many chances as you could probably expect them to do so against Leicester. And maybe this will galvanise um, the uh, Wednesday side going into this one. So you have to look at who the likely goal scorer is. And it's quite hard to kind of choose who's going to play in this one because Hendrick scored coming off the bench, which doesn't necessarily help. I was kind of interested in Bambo Diaby. He's had a couple of shots from set pieces recently. But he came off after an hour. And so you can't be too sure on that either. Um, Bailey Kadamateri, um, Kadamateri, however you want to say it. Uh, he was brought off after an hour, having played up front from Masaba. So you don't know who's going to start there. The one player I think we can be pretty sure will start is George Byers, who has been getting into a lot of goal-scoring positions recently under Danny Royal. He's had two shots in each of their last two games. He scored against Birmingham. He's a player that last season in uh, League One scored six goals in 1,500 minutes. Um, so, he, you know, in the season before that, he scored six goals in 1,900 minutes. He's just got the one goal so far in 1,000 minutes. So he's, he's kind of due, even, at a, um, even though he's scored recently and even though they're playing at a high level. So... You know, in a team where there aren't really any obvious goal scorers, he's someone who I think you can be fairly comfortable chip in a fair bit. And I think Sheffield Wednesday will absolutely have chances in this game. So at nine to two, he appeals anytime. Yes. My goal scorer is a centre back for the first time in a while. It's Mark McGuinness of Cardiff City. They're playing at St Mary's against Southampton. We were there. Yeah. Last night. And Southampton were not highly impressive in beating. Bristol City 1-0, particularly in the first half where Bristol City had uh, two 
very, very good opportunities. One of them came from a set piece. Uh, the first contact was flicked on, uh, and Tommy Conway headed over. Very, very well placed. Uh, Cardiff, I think, are in pretty good shape to exploit what I perceive to be just a, a small vulnerability when it comes to Southampton defending set pieces. They are not a team built on physical power, I think it's fair to say. Uh, and I think Mark McGuinness and Gutas, the centre-backs for Cardiff, are massive threats. In fact, Cardiff lead, lead the league for set-piece goals this season, per the Opta analyst. They've scored 11 of them already. Uh, both McGuinness and Gutas have scored two. And G has scored three, albeit I think uh, only one of them was from a set-piece, as in a header from a set-piece. He obviously scored a magnificent free-kick. Um, so I'm looking at McGuinness, I'm looking at Gutas. I think they're both a threat and they're both 14 to 1. They've played almost the exact number of minutes um, and McGuinness has had a couple more shots. So I'm going to lean to him uh, at 14 to 1. I just thought Saints looked a little cold in attack and therefore I think it could be another low scoring game and therefore I want half a point on the big one too. The first goal scorer at 35 to 1. So it's half a point, 35 to 1 first goal scorer, half a point, 14 to 1 anytime. That's Mark McGuinness of Cardiff. Good things come to those who McWait. <laughs> Marcus McWait. We're going to do a bonus pick this week that's not an over 4.5 goals double. It's not a BTTS quad or sixfold. It's just cup fever. Yeah, cup just double. Just a bit of FA Cup second round cup fever as they mm. call it. What a great round. My Yeah, what a great round. Um, We're going to do a pick each. Yeah, And I'm kind of going against the fairy tale. I'd like to oh. be t putting up a team as an outsider here but I kind of went through all of them and I, I begrudgingly think that you've probably got the only one that would, would, would appeal at the current prices. Because I'm very smart. Um, I'm putting up Barrow to beat Maidstone at 10 to 11. Um, now, I don't want to disrespect Maidstone. I really don't. Um, I'm sure they're a very good side. I know their manager is incredibly highly thought of. That's um, not what you said to me earlier, mate. You said, mate, you know what? Maidstone, I don't care about him. I said, they, you know, sometimes I get them confused with Maidenhead. You're lucky we've got that business insurance. Otherwise, I could sue you for <laughs> defamation. Just don't kill me because I haven't got a life insurance. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. Um, it's, uh, yeah, they're second in the National League South. Um, they've won a lot of plaudits for the way that they play. As I said, their manager seems to be touted for a lot of National League and League Two jobs um, when they come up. So I'm not for, for a second um, doubting that they are a good side. But Barrow... At ten to eleven, seems to me that they would have to be like a you know possibly even a bottom end League Two side to justify that price because I don't think necessarily we have seen or well, the market's caught up to how good Barrow are right now and they took the last round very seriously they went away to Northampton they played a first team they won the game three one they've won was it five or six games in a row in all competitions now Pete Wilde has really got them into their groove so. I'm very happy to take a chance and put them into a, into this double and think the Barrow should come out on top if they if they go into this game with a similar level of um, seriousness. Apologies to any Maidstone fans listening. I don't I don't mean to disrespect. What would you be called? Your full name if you were awarded the Order of the British Empire for services to podcasting? George Alakobi. That's their manager. I know George Alakobi. Hashtag chop. My addition to the double, the cup double. Is Grimsby plus one, or no, Grimsby double chance. It's the same price, 2.88, um, 15 to eight. Uh, Grimsby double chance, they're away at Oxford United. Wow, did mm. we make some money backing against Oxford last week? Ooh. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, just not, not quite as good as their league position and their points return suggest. Now, I saw Grimsby play in midweek at MK Dons, their first game under Dave Artel. Very impressive in all facets. It reflected pretty well on Artel, um, Pearson, the caretaker manager as well, probably should take the majority of the credit. Artel had 
an hour or two hours with them the day before. So it's hard to know how much the impressive tactical display was just because he was able to get across a ton of, uh, of ideas and instructions in, a, in an hour. But regardless, they looked really comfortable, really confident, both without the ball, where they've been pretty poor for the most part this season, uh, but also with it. They they broke really quickly on MK Dons when they won the ball back. Um, he played a 4-2-3-1. The, the three players behind Danny Rose were all getting forward and combining well. Um, I think it's a quite a good blueprint for playing against Oxford in this game because I'm sure Oxford will have the majority of the ball. I'm pretty sure there's been a bit of a, a weakness from Oxford this season when they've been... You know, when the onus has been on them to have the ball and break down teams, it's actually not been when they've at, when they've been at their best. So uh, I'm hoping that Grimsby, kind of buoyed by that performance against MK, can muster up a similar level performance. If they do, buzzing to be on them double chance of 15-8. to 8. So we've got a cup double. It's Barrow to beat Maidstone. And it's Grimsby double chance at Oxford. It's a 9-2 double with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, so that'd be a, a bit of fun. Uh, thank you very much, uh, George. Could you recap your selections, please? Only because you are so nicely. Mm. Uh, West Brom, John and Better, even money in my nap, are home to uh, Leicester. Argyle at 7-4, uh, home to Stoke, my next best. George Byers, anytime 9-2 for Sheffield Wednesday, is my goal scorer. And QPR minus one. 15 to 2. West Brom, draw no bet, even money, double nap. QPR, draw no bet, 31 to 20, 2.55, next best at Preston. My long shot is a win and BTTS double. Uh, it's Sheffield Wednesday and BTTS against Blackburn. It's Sunderland and BTTS at Millwall. It's 22.5 on the Betfair Sportsbook. And my goal scorer is Mark McGuinness. 35 to 1 first goal scorer, half a point. 14 to 1. Uh, anytime goal scorer, half a point. And the bonus cup double, Barrow away at Maidstone and Grimsby double chance away at Oxford. It's a 9-2 double. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hope you enjoy the Championship weekend in the FA Cup as well. we got interests in both, uh, or at least two of the three Championship televised games. So that's a bit of fun. Uh, and we've had a great time talking to you. So thanks for listening. Thanks to Betfair for sponsoring this podcast. We'll chat again on Monday. Go well.